Welcome to the Ridge Cast, a tool created to have conversations about topics we can't always cover on a Sunday. Our desire is for you to become equipped to follow Jesus and be mobilized to pursue His kingdom. We hope today's dialogue takes you one step further in your discipleship journey. Now here is this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ridge Cast. So excited to be back with you guys today. I've had so much fun um, being on all these uh, episodes, and I'm really excited for today's episode. We are covering something that I think is in the back of all of our minds, um, you know, every week. And I think it's something that we think about a lot. I think it's, it's something that a lot of us are doing a lot. But before we get too far, into doing that. Uh, We've got one special guest, a newcomer on the podcast today. We have got our worship leader, worship director, pastor, uh, and my favorite title is just kind of resident smart guy (laughs) here, the Mark Hartman. Thank you. Hey, you know what? What What a lovely introduction. I appreciate that, David. Actually, you know, it's funny because I think, I'm not sure, are you making fun of me? Because the worship leader is rarely ever the smart guy. He's he's usually the dumb guy. You know, I feel like in uh, church leadership circles, it's yeah. that's usually reserved for like the student pastor. <laughs> the student pastor. I feel like that's usually the butt <laughs> of the joke, which is really unfair because all of my friends in seminary were all student ministry guys, and they were usually some of the smarter, more in touch yeah. people. Yeah, Dylan is actually a really sharp guy. I think that he's he's super smart. So I'm surprised that you just made fun of him like that. It right wasn't. Here on the it podcast. wasn't. It wasn't. Dylan, I'm sorry. It was not about Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) That was generalities. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, for real, like, I feel like around the office, anytime anyone has any type of problem in any plane or domain, it's like, I don't know, let's ask Mark. Let's ask Mark. His pants are tight. Yeah, it could be be anything from, man, I can't get my computer to print to, man, I have this deep philosophical inquiry in my heart and I'm wondering if I actually exist or not. And I like to be more confused about it. See that usually I I, I walk away from conversations where people ask me a question and I think to myself, I think we all just got a little bit more confused. I don't know if we- I just muddied it a little more, (laughs) a little more. I needed help printing on my uh, computer, and now I wonder, you know, what's the point in even printing? That's ex- that's exactly what I do. What Just does it mean to bring print? more mud? No, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can we can not bring more mud, but we can actually bring some more clarity on something. So, what are we talking about, David? So, yeah, like I said a few minutes ago, I think um, something that we all are kind of thinking about in this time and uh, and trying to follow Christ in this age is why should I even go to church? Like, why should I physically yeah. show up to a building every week? Why should I show up to a gathering and sing these songs? Why should I sing these songs and listen to, you know, whoever's on stage? Why do I need to be connected to any type of church or put myself under authority or governance of any other church? Like, why should I do that whenever I have the option to, you know, maybe I could be on one hand, like just kind of loosely connected to a local church. I can kind of go whenever I feel like it. I can watch online whenever, you know, it's convenient for me. I can, you know, I can go out of town. I can vacation. I can zoom boom, you know, and I can just kind of watch whatever church or or my church online. Um, And I can go, you know, maybe once every four or five weeks in person all the way to maybe the, you know, the extreme would be, you know, I listen to, only the select people that I like to listen to. I'm not involved in any type of organized uh, church community. Um, 
you know, I just stream podcasts and stream my favorite worship music and I read my favorite authors and I read the right books and, and that's it. So why, you know, is it important for me to be connected to a church? Why is it important for me to physically bring my body to a church gathering, especially every week? I mean, that's a lot to ask every single week and it's at the same time and place. It's so rigid. Yeah. It doesn't conform to my schedule. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great question, especially because of everything that happened with COVID. Even the churches that maybe ha- have resisted going online, resisted live streaming, resisted those kind of things, uh, they pretty much everyone was, it seemed like we were all forced to at least engage in it somehow. So, in some way, shape, or form, uh, at the very beginning, no one knew what was going on. There were a lot of questions, and it, so it seemed like people were trying to figure out, then uh, scrambling to figure out how to, how to make uh, our services accessible if you couldn't show up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that experience has led a number of people to, to, to yeah, start asking the question, do I have to come if I can get the same, you know, content from church just in my pajamas? Isn't that the same thing? And I guess the first thing I would say is, uh, we, we probably need to, to refine our, what we think church means, because if, if we think that church is a, uh, is a set of activities or it is um, like sort of a ritual going through the motions of, you know, singing and learning or even a place that we go. I think we've misunderstood what the Bible says church is because the word church shows up in the new Testament a number of times. Uh, You know, I'm I'm thinking of like in revelation when Jesus is addressing the churches, that word, that Greek word for church is a, a word that means an assembly, right? So, so a church is not, um, a, uh, a place that engages in, it's not, a, it's not a physical location. It's a, it's a group of people gathered together, engaged in things together. So you, to, to say I can, I can go to church without showing up is a misunderstanding of what church is. Right. I always like to say church is not something that you go to. It's something that you are. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that we've heard this before. This isn't a new idea. I'm sure anyone who's listening to the podcast is like, yeah, yeah I know we are the church. Um, but I think it's important to remember that. And, and maybe, maybe there's someone listening who hasn't heard that idea, but, but ju- if you've heard the idea, think it through, because if, if you think that you can do church or you can attend church without attending, you are operating out of a wrong understanding. Even if you give lip service to the idea that we are the church, think it through. If we are the church, if the church is when we get together and we gather and we do the things that the Bible says we should do together, you can't do it if you're not together, you know? Yeah, it's like every mention of church in the New Testament assumes that yes. you're with other people. It does yeah. not assume isolation. It doesn't assume you being by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think I think the first thing is, you know, getting underneath that question, getting underneath sort of some definitions, those ideas. I think that there are some some, some wrong ideas behind even just the question, why should I, why should I go? I think it sort of betrays a misunderstanding or, and any, like I said, even if you give lip service to the idea, yeah, I know we are the church. You may be operating out of, out of an idea that you don't realize you are. And, and so I think that's, that's the first step. But, um, this, the, I think the second part is as Christians, we know, we believe the Bible's our authority. So the first place I would say is, does the Bible allow for, uh, that way of doing this assembling is it is, is that the preferred method is that um, is that what 
Jesus had in mind. And I just don't think it is. Um, there, there have the early church gathered together and, and they were not in, it was not just super easy circumstances. They were gathering in difficult circumstances. They were, they were, they were being killed <laughs> and yep. still doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think of Acts chapter five, they continue to meet from house to house and right. then gathering weekly, uh, in the temple and the temple would have been in in first century, you know, uh, right. Christian life or Jewish life, I should say that would have been the institutional place that they would have gathered for, yeah. for religious and spiritual, uh, worship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think, I think that we have, and we have a ton and we can go into more, we could go into more of them. Uh, we have a ton of biblical, uh, support for the idea that, um, that we sh- we should gather together as a church. Um, but I-, I always think it's interesting and cool to see how, uh, science kind of catches up to the Bible, you know, because the Bible may not give us all the the parts under the hood, like what's going on, what happens to us when we gather together. Um, but, but there are, I, I mean, gosh, solitary confinement is something that actually used to be something uh, that uh, people thought would like prison reform. If someone's really bad, let's put them in solitary confinement. Maybe they'll learn their lesson. Maybe maybe they'll come around and they'll become a better person. Actually, one of the things that we found is when people when people go into solitary confinement, they go crazy. They get worse. They get actually way worse. Way way worse. And and so you find that when that when you go into isolation, um, we we've just learned this about people. You do not get any better. You do not get any better at all. And you need other people in order to stay sane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and I think that's like, as you look at the biblical account um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that is one of the enemy schemes is actually isolation. Yeah. It's it's the, the age-old divide and conquer yeah. uh, mentality that in, in isolation, um, we are weaker than yeah. when we are united uh, right. to other people. And, and I really, uh, what you said a second ago made me think like, kind of the question we're discussing here is we're actually getting past the idea of you know, you should go to church because the Bible says so. Right. Which increasingly for younger generations, just saying, well, the Bible says it is not yeah. a satisfactory answer. Right. And it is actually kind of cool to me that as you read, um, especially the first 11 chapters of the Bible, mm-hmm. specifically in Genesis one through three, God tells us to do things um, not because he said so, but because they're good. And those things lead to life. Yeah. And, and in the Hebrew, when he's talking about leading life, he's talking about leading to joy. Yeah. Versus something that leads to death, which would mean like misery. Yeah. And I think it's cool too, to, you know, when we, when we get an opportunity to see how, uh, like I like to say, science catches up to the Bible, you see the benefits of doing things God's way. You know, I, I I think of, you know, the psalmist who says, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits. You know, I I think that when we start to see them, it helps us realize because we should, I think it's right for us to be able to accept the answer because the Bible says so. Um, be, because at the end of the day, we we can't. We, As a father, I, I, th- I think in these terms, my, I, can't, I don't have the time to explain to my kids why I might yell at them, get out of the road. They just need to trust me, you know? Like if I yell, get out of the road to one of my kids, they, they don't need to say, yeah, but why would that be good for me, dad? Because if they do, they may die. <laughs> they may die in that moment. Right, they don't have enough time to get out of the road. Yeah, so I mean, so as as Christians who 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 are, are um, submitting to the authority of the Bible, the Bible tells me so is something like that. Like the Lord deserves our trust. He's done nothing to not have our trust. 
And, and I think that our biggest problem is that we don't trust them. But like what you're saying, I, I think that one of the problems is, is that a number of Christians, um, have, have misused the Bible maybe, or that I think there's a number of reasons and, and we can't go into all of them, but, but you're right. I think that so many people, um, don't see the Bible told the Bible says so as a satisfactory answer. And I think part of that is because some, some Christians will say, here's what the Bible says. And then they don't recognize that there could be different interpretations. For instance, Jesus says, you know, there's a place where Jesus tells you, um, you're not allowed to invite your relatives or friends over for dinner. Yeah. In the book of Luke. Yeah. Well, there's also places where he says, don't pray in public. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yet we do that. We do that all, all the time. time. And we're just a bunch of hypocrites. Is that because we're a bunch of hypocrites or is it because there's actually another way to understand that? Because we haven't applied nuance. Right. To reading and understanding the text. So, so I think that there's a lot of people who reject the idea that the Bible this is what the Bible says and we should do it because they've seen stuff like that. They've seen someone say, look, here's what it says. But yeah, if you go to a place like where Jesus says, don't invite your family and your friends over for dinner, only invite the poor people. Uh, they, they don't treat that the same way. You know what I mean? So, so I think that, that we oftentimes too often, and you know what, maybe I'll just point to myself. I know that I have in the past, at least, and I'm trying to get better at it said, here's what it says. And that's it. That's the end of it. Um, and it's not always that easy. Communication isn't that isn't that easy. And I'm not saying we can't understand what the Bible says, but, but we should be more careful and we should recognize our own limits and how we understand and interpret things. And, and, and the fact that we have, you know, we have bias, we have, we have ways that we, things that we want it to say, things we don't want it to say. Um, yeah, I, th- but I think that's behind some of that suspicion. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm, I'm right there with you. I think when I say that I'm thinking of the person who might be, uh, you know, maybe still trying to seek or try to understand or could be like a little skeptical. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, I think at the same time, it's one thing to say, this is what the Bible says. And it's also another thing to follow up on wanting to do it. Right. And then that's a completely other thing to yeah. say, I know what to do. I'm going to do the right thing. Right. Or I actually want to do the right thing. Yeah. Those totally. are three separate things. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. Um, I was reading Romans 12 the other day and at the end of Romans 12, it says, don't repay evil for evil, mm-hmm. but overcome evil by doing good. Yeah. Which sounds amazing. Like slap that on your Instagram bio, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that's a bio worthy sure. verse until someone actually does evil to you. And then you have to try to overcome it by joy is extremely hard. So yeah, there are times like where it's actually difficult, I think, to try to trust God in real life, real right. rubber meets the road situations. And he yeah. still, deserves our trust, like you said, but I think it's also great to see on the other side that even in an instance like that, that that's ultimately going to lead to our good. And God is a God of love and has, um, our yeah. loving interest at heart when he tells us to do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. I think as Christians it's our responsibility to try to figure out the good behind God's commands. Um, because that that's going to make us want to follow him. And I think that's the goal. The goal is not to just follow him because we're scared of him. Um, I think the goal is to trust him. And, you know, so like with the example of me telling my kids, get out of the road, um, if they come up and ask me later, Hey, why'd you, why did you do that? Um, I can, I should tell them, (laughs) you know, because I I want my kids to mature. I want them to know why I would say what I would say. And I want them to, I want them to, to try to think in situations when I'm not there, I want them to think, what would my dad say? Um, now I'm not always right, but I would, I would want them to at least think for a moment, what would dad think about this? You know? So, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's our responsibility. I think we need to do that. So it's, 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 and that was a bit of a hobby horse, kind of a, kind of a offshoot, but no, but I think this is good for kind of where we're going. So kind of zooming back in on, you know, going back 
to why should I go to church right. every week? Why should I physically show up? Like, what do you think's the benefits yeah. behind that? Or what do you think? What I guess I think at the core for every person who who's really thinking about this mm-hmm. is why is it worth it yeah. to me to get up early right. on one of my only two days off yeah. in the week? I have little kids. Uh, it is so hard to wrangle them in and right. get them there every week. I, I just, I know I'm going to get in a fight with my spouse or at a base level. I just know this is going to be hard yeah, uh, for me to do this, to get up and go attend this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what they're thinking is what, what's going to make it worth it for me to go versus just popping it up on my smart TV. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, gosh, I think there, there are so many reasons and I think that there, there are reasons that come out of the scripture and also things that we see from like we were saying science. Um, but I think that one of to connect it to this past week's sermon, you know, Chan was preaching, uh, we're in this series, the pursuit of happiness. And he was talking about approval, how so many of us, uh, I know I do oftentimes struggle with, with needing other people's approval, needing to, to hear them say good job, Mark, or to, to please them. People pleasing is one of the ways he put or, it. Or just wanting to be liked Yeah, at a mega base level. Yeah. I just want other people to like me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess one of the things I would say that maybe sounds a little counterintuitive is that I actually think that if we are ever going to be, because people pleasing, I think most people know that that's a, that's a, that's a trap. It's, it, it feels terrible to be someone who is so overly concerned about what other people think that when someone's disappointed in you, you feel like your life's falling apart. Like it's, you're covered in anxiety. You can't enjoy yourself because you know, this person, man, they're, they're, they're probably thinking I'm whatever, you know? Yeah. It robs you from being able to enjoy yeah. relationship with other people. Yeah. Because you're constantly worried about trying to cover your bases, so to say. Right. So, so, so or I think, present yourself in a likable way. Yeah. And I think that people, I think that most people know that that is a problem. Um, if you struggle with that, maybe not everyone struggles with that the same way, but, but I don't think anyone wants to, <laughs> to feel that way or anyone wants to, to have that experience. So I think that going to church and being around people is a way to not struggle with that anymore. Now, I don't think it's, I think you can show up to church and still struggle with that. But I think if you want to get over your struggle with people pleasing, I think you have to show up. And, and here's why, because, because that's, I mean, that's where the people are. So you would think that, no, if I, if it feels counterintuitive, if I, if I'm trying to avoid being a people pleaser or I'm trying to fix that about myself or change that about myself, it's probably a better way to say it. Shouldn't I just avoid people because I can't please people. Right. If I don't go around them. Yeah. Just, just spend more time by yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that that seems like the natural way to do it, but it doesn't actually fix the problem because the problem is there's something inside of me that wants to please them too much that cares that, that has an, uh, has a wrong view of what other people's opinion of me means. And that doesn't get fixed by avoiding the problem. The problem gets fixed by confronting it and finding new solutions. Because right now, when I, someone someone else disapproving of me, if that affects me in a, in, a, in a negative way that is so intense and so overwhelming that I can't handle it, um, running away from it is still being controlled by it. And so I need to figure out what is it that I think about this. And I, I need to be in those situations. I need to be around that kind of thing. And I need to try to try to think about what, why is this bothering me so much? And I need to try to find some new strategies to help me deal with that. The only way to grow is to put yourself in a situation where you have to grow and growth is actually going to make you a happier person. It's going to make you someone who actually is more well-adjusted, enjoys your life more. You'll actually enjoy being around people more if you can quit trying to please them all the time. 
Yeah, that's true. It just makes me think of like a a, a millennial individualistic. Yes, guys, I'm going to pick on our generation here for a second. <laughs> don't don't swipe out on me. Don't try to cancel me yet. <laughs> just hear me out. Uh, I love you, but I think that would be you know, kind of the mindset is is I need to remove anybody right who is who is going to kind of bring me down. Or I need to remove or exit any type of situation yeah. or isolate myself from that uh, in order to, to overcome it. But what we're actually saying is you actually have to face that challenge or whatever that is in your life head on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's Megan and I have been, uh, we've been trying to get more intentional about walking in the morning together. And sometimes we'll run a little bit. We'll run in like little sprints. Um, but one of the things that we we have been talking about and noticing as we do that is that the more we do it, the more we can do. Because as our as our bodies begin to experience difficulty, God has made us in such a way where as where we we become more durable when we can endure difficulty in a way that that is healthy. Because I mean, you can you can endure difficulty in a way that hurts you and not grow from it and respond in a way that's that doesn't help you grow but if you endure difficulty with the aim of trying to grow then you can become more durable and you can actually experience more joy so uh you don't you don't you don't know the joy of running until you try to run a little bit because at first it's it's kind of terrible (laughs) yeah it's like man i know this is good for me but at what cost right Exactly. It's so painful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are, there are things that you, you can enjoy if you're willing to, uh, to wade through the the pain. But, but the interesting thing is, is that you can't just avoid pain because avoiding, avoiding pain, like we were saying before about, about, um, isolation, uh, we found that that actually makes you nuts. You know, Proverbs 18, one says that the person who isolates themselves, uh, they seek their own desire and they break out against all sound judgment. That to me, I was thinking about that verse, and and I think I think what it's getting at is this idea that when when I isolate myself, I become someone who's super self centered. And if you're super self centered, you're actually not a happy person. No one feels good about being about thinking they're self centered. There's 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 we have a conscience. We know it's not right to be someone who's who's super focused on only my needs. And then it also makes you stupid. <laughs> you break out against sound judgment. You become the kind of person who has really weird thoughts. Um, you know, I, I like to, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think, I'll, t- I'll tell Megan sometimes that it's scary sometimes to talk to people because I know that once once I say some of my thoughts, I realize whether they're dumb or not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my my lips are the gatekeeper of my foolishness. And, and some people have had that experience and think, well, I just shouldn't talk anymore. But the problem with that is then you just think stupid things <laughs> and you don't know it. That just reminded me of that Michael Scott quote where he's like, sometimes I start a sentence. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> well, and I just hope I find my way along the I way or something hope like I that. I find my way. I mean, you know, I guess I can understand why someone wouldn't want to look like an idiot, but wouldn't you rather look like an idiot and be less of an idiot more and more than actually just be an idiot? Just a gradual progression. Yeah. Just become more and just more becoming stagnant. Yeah. And I think, gosh, I, I think that that's kind of the idea. Like when, when Proverbs 18, one says that you, you isolate yourself, you become self-centered and you break out against sound judgment because when you, when you have dumb ideas, you're going to act on them. You're going to do things that mess up your life. 
And if you don't have people that you're around, people you're engaging with, people that you you actually get to know and you have a relationship with, um, yeah, you make bad decisions. You make bad choices. And those bad choices will end up in like having a negative effect on the way that you live. It's not, it's not just like people will think I'm stupid. Like I can, I can hear someone saying, well, I don't care if people think I'm stupid. No, you'll be stupid. And when you're stupid, you make dumb choices and you hurt yourself. <laughs> So what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is <laughs> show up to church. We go, we, <laughs> or you'll be an idiot. Right. Sorry, it's too to, harsh, David. No, we go to church. Uh, sorry, we participate in assembling together in this thing that we call church. Yeah. And we do this, and we press forward even through difficulties because one, it helps me. Yeah. Not be as much of a people pleaser. It can. And then two, it can also help me be less of an idiot. It can, yeah. It can do that if we press forward into being connected to other people. Yeah. I mean, so the, the things that we do at a church are the, these are things, um, singing, for instance, that is something that we do together for a purpose. Teaching from the scripture, that's something we do together for a purpose. Um, that's not all church is. Because you can sing by yourself and you can learn by yourself um, but you can't have fellowship by yourself. And also there's a different experience singing with other people. I'm, I'm the worship pastor um, at the Ridge, and I had the experience of leading worship when we were only online. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's different. I mean, I, maybe someone will tell me, you know what, it's the same thing for me. When I sing at home, it's exactly the same as singing in a group full of people. Gosh, okay, maybe for, for you it is. It is not for me. And I don't think it is for most people. When you hear, when you hear a room full of people singing, especially the kind of songs that we sing, when we get together and we sing about the things that we believe are ultimately true, man, it is a powerful experience. It's for me, I get the feeling, you know, it's not just me that thinks this. You know, this is this is real stuff. This is because you, you know, you kind of now I'm in ministry, so I'm surrounded by on, on a in my in my job on a daily basis. Um, Bible ideas and stuff and Christians. Um, but, but most of our church isn't most of our church is going into the secular world and they're working at, at businesses where, um, maybe it's not like that all the time. And, and, and Sunday is a day where you come together with a bunch of people. We, you know, we all believe that this, this, the Bible is true. And we all believe that when we die, that's actually not the end of things. We, we all believe that there is actually, there is a person behind history that is bringing it to an end that, I mean, he said it's going to be good for me. And, and even if things are terrible right now, even if, even if things look absolutely terrible right now, it's going to be okay, actually. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And and some people, I mean, gosh, if, if you just try to think that thought by yourself, sometimes it's hard to believe it. But if you have a room full of people together in one voice saying that, it's powerful. And I, and I think that we, we shortchange ourselves. We lose hope when we don't take advantage of that. It's, it's a gift from God. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like the same thing as saying me watching the Super Bowl at home by myself on the couch is the same thing as me going to the Super Bowl, sitting on the 50-yard line, right. front row, and experiencing that. Yeah. Those are two totally different things. Um, yeah. And to me to say, you know, just retreating in the isolation or trying to participate in in worship or trying to participate in listening to a sermon Mm -hmm. without other people around um is the same thing and it isn't yeah yeah you know it's interesting um one of the things 
I'm, I'm actually going to school right now and I, I'm taking a course on um, interpersonal communication. And not, not only is the worship so powerful when we're together, but, but the teaching as well, they're actually finding that, that our, our emotions are, we catch each other's emotions and, and our communication is not strictly verbal. So, so you and I are actually picking up more from each other than the people who are listening are. Now they're picking up some because you can actually hear emotion on people's voices. You can see emotion on their face. You can see it in their, in their, uh, their, their body language you, um, and, and also their words, the things that they say. So, so when, we, when we only intake teaching, when we only get teaching through a podcast or through a YouTube video, and we're not doing it in person, we actually don't get all the information. We actually aren't, aren't being communicated the same way. We aren't being communicated to in the same way. We don't have access to as much of the information as we would if we were there in person. Right, like how everyone's missing out on Mark's incredible hand signals right. as he talks. <laughs> Which, you know what? You know what's funny? He's done like a full-on workout. I have. In the 28 <laughs> minutes we've recorded so far. If you guys could only see all of the hand signals. All the waving and flapping I'm doing with my hands. It's like, I feel like it's like a full-on nautical flag course. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They say the, that actually the first things that people notice is your hands. And so if, if I were to say, if I were to do a talk and just keep my hands. So everyone listening, I just want you to know I have my hands behind my back and David cannot see my hands. There is, whether you know it or not, you feel a little uneasy. Because you're like, what's he doing with this? What's he got behind his back? And at some point, your brain's going to be like, just take your hands out, okay? Just show me your hands. <laughs> because we don't, we, we actually, the first thing that people notice when they see someone speak on stage is hands. And, and if all you're doing is, is, is watching a talking head, there is, you're, not full, you're not as connected as you are when you are, are there with someone in person. You ju- your brain just is not as connected. And so the, even if, you're, if you think, so I'm learning from the scripture, right? I'm listening to somebody teach me. You're not going to be as connected. If you're not there in person now, I'm not saying you can't learn over a podcast or you can't learn over a YouTube video, but it's different. It's not the exact same thing. And, and to, to be able to sit under a real person's teaching and actually be there and, and to be able to talk to other people about it and to be experiencing that with other people there, there are studies that show we, we get it different and it's not the same thing as listening online. Yeah. And I just think of like all of the conversations that I've had with uh, people in church lobbies or out in the parking lot or, you know, just in the, you know, the quote unquote margins of, of the organized time together. It's outside the time that we're singing or outside the time that we're listening to a message or outside all of the programmed and designed times is how much growth I've had and mm-hmm. unplanned conversations or just bumping in to someone or just rubbing shoulders uh, next to someone and then you strike up a conversation and then just the level of growth and the level of joy and fruit that the Holy Spirit can bring from yeah. us just putting ourselves in situations where it's conducive for us to grow, yeah. where we're going, you know, with the Holy Spirit rather than against him. Uh, yeah. and, that, and that's just something that we can't experience by ourselves. It's something that we can't experience with our favorite podcast preacher at our favorite coffee shop drinking you know, a craft pour over with mm-hmm. our mole skin or goat skin or whatever skin of an animal journal and Bible that you have. Uh, it's just something that we have to realize, like these people that God has placed around us are the people that he desires for us to be around. 
right. and he desires us to grow and uh, we can't fall into judging a book by its cover, which I'm so guilty of doing yeah. uh, in my life, but realizing these people God has placed around us could be our best avenue and outlet for growth uh, in this season of life. Yeah. And you can't get that by yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think I think that, yeah, I think that it's a big thing to consider. Like where where has God placed you? Because it's, it's not an accident that you are where you are. And it's not an accident that you have access to podcasts either. So, I mean, yeah, I think we should take advantage of all the tools that God has given us to 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 be equipped and to be informed Christians. Um, but man, I think, I think that when, when, when Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 10, what is it? 1032. Um, it says to, to not forsake the gathering 1025. I just looked at my notes. Nice. Um, it says to not forsake the gathering of the assembly. Um, and I think, I think that there are plenty of reasons for us to think about forsaking the gathering. Cause I have all these other ways to get information. I have all these other things I could do. Um, the, the, the scripture gives us priority. It says prioritize this, make it, make it a big deal. Yeah. I just think there's just so many things, Mark, that I could do besides that, that I could prioritize, uh, prioritize over that. Like I could go to brunch. <laughs> yeah, you could, I could, I could go to brunch. You could. Yeah. <laughs> brunch is delicious. You know, I actually, one of the things I think about is that s- sometimes people I've, I've heard the, the, um, the, the idea, you know, I just, I just don't believe in organized religion. And I think that's actually a funny idea. I heard someone once say, well, what is, can you imagine disorganized religion? Like what, what, what do you mean there? Yeah. That's always where my mind goes is I don't like being a part of anything that's disorganized. Yeah. Me neither, man. I think that, I think that a disorganized gathering is absolutely, uh, it's terrible, man. It's terrible to be a part of something that is disorganized. And I think that when, when people say I don't like to be a part of organized religion, I think maybe what's behind that is they're saying I don't like it to be cold and sort of like unfeeling maybe. Or, or maybe they just had a negative experience or someone close to them has had a negative experience yeah. with, you know, a church or any, any type of other religious organization where maybe that church, um, did something that didn't fully represent the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, you know, I think that we, we need to admit as Christians that it's not like, it's not like we, we don't have an issue sometimes, uh, prioritizing sort of organizational processes. And anytime you get a group of people together, if you're going to do anything with order, which, which the Bible tells us our our gathering should have some order to it, you got to get organized and, and there can be a tendency to, over um to put too much priority on how we do it and make in those processes to do it well and then we and and we end up disregarding people because of it and i think that's a, a that is a problem i think it's a problem in churches you can wind up doing something in the name of jesus but not in jesus's way right exactly and so i think that that's i think that that is a tension to manage it's not just a problem that's going to get solved i think that it's going to be something that is continually a problem because and i think that the reasons some things are like that, there are some things that it's like, you're just not going to solve this problem. You have to continually figure out how to deal with it. And, and I think that is, that's character growth that that's, that is growing. And that's, that's kind of behind the idea of saying like, you're never going to stop being a people pleaser if you're never around people because you never have an opportunity to grow. Character is never displayed or tested until you have a problem. Because when everything is fine, it's really easy to be the person you want to be. When everything is just, hey, you know what? 
I got no issues right now. Yeah, sure, you're going to be nice. But the, but you know if you're a nice person, if it's hard to be nice, and you still are. <laughs> so, Mark, or, or, so I remember back um, when the pandemic started, March, April 2020, everybody's shifting online, and everyone's asking the question, when are we going to be able to go back to our normal lives? Not just go back to church, but just go back to everything yeah. in person, and we can get off um, all these Zoom calls and stuff like that. So are, is what you're saying, because back then everybody was asking the question, does going to church online count because people are not, quote, engaged and mm-hmm. going? So are you saying that all I need to do if I want to grow in character and, and grow in right relationship with God is I just need to show up on Sunday. I need to come in and, and do the thing. I need to sing the songs, yeah. listen to the talk and then, and then go home or can I, you know, can I look at my phone while I'm there? Yeah. It's a great question. Can I knock out a couple emails. Yeah. Cause that's, that, that I think what you're getting at is the idea that you can show up without showing up, right? Like right. you, you can stay home even if you showed up <laughs> because, because showing up isn't just being physically present. You, my, my wife will tell me this, you know, sometimes I'll come home and I'll still have stuff in my mind and she'll say, Hey, where, where are you? Or, or, you know, she'll like, Hey, I'd like you to actually be present with us. And, and, and she doesn't mean that I'm not physically there. Right. She, she, everyone knows she means that she wants me to pay attention. She wants me to be engaged. And so, so I, I think that you can actually isolate yourself while you're in a group of people. And, and I think, I think there are a number of ways to deal with that, but, but if you just show up to church and you sing by yourself and you listen to the teaching and you sort of sneak out of the back, you could come for years and and develop no relationships and it would be like you're going online. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's better. You get more benefits. Actually, I think you can get more encouraged by, like I was saying before, you hear, hear the, the crowd of voices singing, you know, and you can say, wow, you know, what? I'm not alone in what I believe there's other people too. But man, it's, it's different when, when, when you know the, the person's two seats over, when you know what they're going through, and then they're singing this, they're singing about the hope that they have in Jesus, despite the fact that this terrible thing that they're going through, man, that courage, that, that hope that they're, that it's rising up in them, that will inspire you. That does inspire you. That inspires me. I mean, I see that kind of stuff. I, mean, I have a different perspective on our worship gatherings um, than some people because I can see so many faces and I see so many faces that I know. And then I, when I know what they're going through and I see the tears rolling down their face, gosh, man, I catch that. I catch that and I feel the hope too. And so I think that, that that is one of the benefits of actually getting involved and, and, and creating relationships. And and we've talked about, there's a number of ways to do that. You know, serving is an option, um, but it's not the only option. I think Dylan did a great job when he did his, when he preached on unity and service, he talked about how there are spontaneous ways to serve people. And there's also structured ways. Um, It's not like it's, it's, there's only one way to serve people or one way to get in a relationship um, you did a, a great job too, talking about inviting people over, like living like family. Yeah, I think that that's the the key is, you know, if you are that person who, you know, you could be listening to this right now and you're thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm that guy. Like I'm the guy who's yeah. been coming in week in and week out for several years and I have little to no deep relationships with anybody around mm-hmm. me or at best I just have some surface level acquaintances um, around me and you are seeking that friendship, you know, the next step I think really is to take that chance to move forward, to move into intentional community to where you're going to put yourself into a circumstance where you can grow. Um, even if it's difficult at first that you're going to do 
the work of, of wading through that introductory phase into maybe a small group or, yeah. or you're going to get into a class where you're going to learn something, but you're also going to meet other people. Or maybe like you said, you're going to do what, what Mark and Dylan have encouraged and I have encouraged as well is, you know, you're going to circle up with other people who mm-hmm. are going about the father's business and doing the father's will uh, yeah. here in our community. Um, yeah. And I, I just think about like one instance just literally popped in my mind is I, I went on a, a, a study tour and like a study tour slash missions trip over to Europe when I was in seminary. And I knew like two people on that trip uh, before I started. And there was probably about 35 people that went on there. And the trip was um, right over 10 days Mm. long. And man, when I walked away from that trip after spending all that time with those people, I mean, it was like I had discovered 35 best friends I didn't know I had. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, we we're all from different walks of life. We were, yeah. a lot of us were different ages. Um, some people were residential students like me. Some people were online students. But I think the point I'm trying to raise is whenever you go and you do something with other people and you overcome an obstacle together, there is a, a bond and a unity that the Holy spirit can work through and bring us together whenever we put ourselves in those situations. So maybe for somebody who's listening to this, that could be like a short term mission with us. Or if you don't go to the Ridge, you know, find a church that does short term missions and and go and do that. If you're listening from somewhere else, you know, or find a church that gives you these opportunities um, to be involved and be part of the body. Or if you're in a church right now, like seek out those things, you know what I mean? Rather than wait for them to come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, when when you're talking about, um, getting to know people you didn't know. I mean, yeah, I think there's just so many benefits on the other side of it. And I think we all know that, that, that deep down we want relationship. Um, and I think a good question probably to ask if, if you are the person who <clears throat> has been coming for some time and you're, you're not really connected, I guess I would, I, I would ask myself, what have I done to help people get to know me? I mean, have you done anything to help anyone get to know you? Because if, you know, I, it, it reminds me of, there's this place where C.S. Lewis talks about how if you want to, if you want to get to know a rock, it's not very hard. The rock can't really hide from you. But the second you try to get to know like an animal, um, it can hide, it can run from you and it can get, in, it can get away. But a person can actually withhold, there, there are parts of a person you cannot know if they won't show you. I mean, you can, you could, you could dissect the person and learn everything about them, but you can't, if they don't want you to know who they are, then you just won't. And so we actually have to allow each other um, access to, to get to know each other. So, and, and there is so much joy, like you're saying, best friends, you wouldn't even know you had there, there are, there is, there is joy, there is happiness that you can experience when you get to know somebody else and you, you can't get to know somebody else if you don't, if they don't get to know you, like it's a two-way street. There has to be trust there, you know? Yeah, so I think this would be a good question for us to answer as we get ready to close out here. So, okay, what if I am someone that is, you know, going to church or whatever, uh, and I want to go on a vacation mm-hmm. uh, with my family, and it's going to require us being gone for a weekend, and our plan is, is we're just going to join online that Sunday. Does that make me a bad Christian? Oh, not not at all. And you know, I did I did want to say there are some people that can't, that literally, I mean, because of a medical issue, they can't come to church at all. Um, you know, there there are some people who are in a financial situation where it's like I have no vehicle, I have no money right now. I'm like trying to get myself back on my feet, but I have access to to the internet and I can watch. Um, I'm not saying that's bad. 
that is that is actually a good thing. You know, there 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 are some people who are in concentration camps. You know, yeah. uh, they have been throughout history, and they don't have access to any. I mean, they're they can they're still part of the church, right? Like, but the idea the idea that I'm getting at is is that if if you can to neglect it on a regular basis and make a practice of of not being a part of it, that's something you shouldn't do. It's not ideal, um, but I do want to say to to those. People who, if if you're stuck at home and you can't, maybe because of a medical thing, you, I would I would seek out trying to how how can you bring some people to you? Are there people that you know? Are there other Christians that you know? Because you you need that gathering and and maybe challenge it, Christians, people who are listening to this who who are not in that situation. Do you, do you know of someone who is in that situation? Is there something that you could do? Are there a group of people people you could bring to them? Um, are we as the church trying to to find who who hasn't been in a while? Is it is it because they're sick? Um, I think that those are questions we should ask ourselves and think about. Yeah, gosh, that just reminds me of. Um, I think it's really in the Gospel of of Luke and John and and Mark as well and Matthew. It's an awful lot. Jesus leads the disciples to these groups of people that were not allowed to go to the temple yeah. and worship. So Jesus brought the temple himself, the living temple to them. Right. Yeah. And Peter says that now and dwell by the Holy spirit, we are the living temple right, living stones. So I think what we're saying is church isn't just showing up to a service on Sunday to assemble with other people. Yeah. It's, it's that. And it's more, it's also not just studying and reading your Bible or listening to podcasts on your own. Mm-hmm. Like that's not wrong at all. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a podcast right now, Yeah, but it's not just that it's that and more. And it's not just having a small group or having a small Bible study or any of those things. Like it's that and more, it's all of these things coming together uh, to spiritually form you and nourish uh, your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess. And if I were to leave somebody who's, who's maybe feeling compelled, maybe they're the person who shows up to church, but maybe they don't know how to show up to church. Um, I would just, in, maybe as a first step, maybe as a first small step, um, stop asking people how they're doing if you don't want to know. <laughs> because we there is a culture of, of how you doing? Oh, good. And then, we, then we're done. And how you doing means high, and good means high <laughs> back. Um, maybe, we, maybe we could stop doing that. And if we a- actually try to mean it. If you ask somebody, how you doing, mean it. And, and and don't ask if you don't have the time to ask and don't answer good. If you're not good. I mean, you could maybe do something less intrusive than, um, than telling them every wrong thing that's going on in your life. You could say, I'm okay. You know, because here's the thing, if you are okay, it, it, probably not everything is wrong in your life. Most, most people don't have everything going wrong. There's some things that are wrong that are really getting you down. You could say, I'm all right. You know, and you don't have to be like the person that just goes on and on for hours about, you know, every, every issue they have. But I do think a small step towards being more authentic and actually showing up with who you really are is not saying you're good. If you know, don't say you're good. If you aren't good, be, be, try to try to take a step towards authenticity by, by backing that off and say, if you're, if you're not feeling great, say, I'm okay today. Yeah, that's the Victorian culture of manners that's being impressed yeah. upon us in our societal fabric. Right. Uh, that's a little more, um, a little Victorian than it is Christian. Yeah. Well, Mark, you got any final thoughts here as we get ready to to close out? Why should I go to church? Why should I physically 
put my body in a church service. Because the Bible says so. Because the Bible says <laughs> No. Um, Just I, go ahead and restart this episode. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I um, I think there's just so many reasons, man, and um, and I think I think it's because it's good for us. I think we need it. I think I think that that is what God had in mind when He made people is that we would get together and we would do the kind of things that you're supposed to do at church. Um, and I, yeah, I think if I think if you're the kind of person who just doesn't like church and you think that we don't do the we don't do church the way that we should do it, um get involved and try to make a difference. Try to make the change that you, you want to see, uh, and, and, uh, and do it with love, you know, do it, do it after you make some relationships. Don't be the person who just comes in and critiques everything. But, but, uh, if, if, if you think that the church needs to be better, gain some trust, love people, serve some people, don't just seek your own agenda and then, and then try to try to make the change that you want to see. Yeah, it's easy to stay on the sidelines and complain. Yeah. It's hard to do the work to get to know the nuance of what's going on uh, in a church and to get to know the um, challenges and the weaknesses uh, that every single church has and to become part of the solution rather than prolonging the problem. Yeah, I agree. Dude, I, I've I've loved this. I, I, David, you are such a good podcast host in this in this amazing office. I don't know if you guys have ever been in listening in David's office, but it's, it's the only office that has a sombrero and a flannel in it. It is. That was actually what I was going to say. That a I know of. Sombrero and a flannel. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's been so fun. So if you guys want to um, book Mark to come to your child's birthday <laughs> and wax eloquently on all things <laughs> philosophical, it music, whatever. Just email Chan Mitchell at theridge.cc. <laughs> Make sure you do it at like three o'clock in the morning. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was so dumb. What a dumb joke. Sorry, but man, Sorry, Chan. Uh, man, it's been so great um, having this conversation, guys. If it is helpful, pass it along. Um, I've been um, really blessed by this conversation, and I hope uh, that you guys um, have too. And hopefully, we will see you. Uh, this Sunday or the Sunday after that or at some Sunday in the future. But uh, this has been great. Love you guys and we'll see you next time. We are out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ridgecast. If this episode was helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend. For more information about the Ridge, visit us at theridge.cc or follow us on social media at the Ridge CC. See you next time.